Hey, everybody, it's Extra Rounds on UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis along with Ray Longo, and we are here for a post-fight recap of Kelvin Gastelum and uh, Jared Cannonier. It was a night that uh, saw some clarity, I think, uh, atop the 185-pound division. We had a matchup between some proven commodities here with Jared Cannonier being ranked number three. Kelvin Gastelum, been on a bit of a skid, but still ranked number nine, so a win over Kelvin is... Something to be proud of, but for Jared Cannonier, I think he answered a lot of questions tonight, Ray. This is a, a guy that, you know, was really sort of penciled in to fight Israel Adesanya by the champion himself. But for Cannonier, he was uh, injured in a fight with Robert Whitaker and, you know, was not able to get past the Reaper. And now he's waiting in the wings. But when you look at what we saw tonight by Jared Cannonier, uh, any sort of idea on where this win over Gasolin puts him at 185 pounds? I think it puts him exactly where he wants to be. Kelvin's, you know, Kelvin's a really tough fight. And it was close. It was a close fight. But I think for uh, Cannoneer, it's a big step up. It's a big confidence booster that he was able to go five rounds with a guy who's got really good cardio. It wasn't like the heavyweights where they were both tired. These guys had a throw because they were both uh, technically still very sound in the fifth round. So, uh you know, he was able to defend takedowns. He was able to go back to the center and land his punches. So I think it's a it's a huge confidence builder for uh, Cannonier also with the five rounds. And a guy like Kelvin Gastelum that's put a lot of high-level fighters away. Yeah, I think it's got to be a, uh, not necessarily a no-brainer for Cannonier, but, you know, where he's ranked at, number three, with this win over Kelvin, like, it makes sense. It's going to be hard to, to put anyone, I think, in front of him. But the thing that is sort of to his detriment is he's got to wait. Israel Adesanya is going to fight Robert Whitaker. Who knows what happens between now and then? And like he said, he's motivated to fight. So the question is, right now, in my opinion, not so much is he the number one contender, per se, but will he really sit around and wait if this fight between Izzy and uh, Whitaker doesn't materialize sooner rather than later or, you know, God forbid something crazy happened like a draw where, you know, we, we end that fight with an ellipses rather than, uh, you know, a punctuation. Uh, look, the, I think the saddest takeaway tonight with Cannonier was when they asked him that question, he said he had a fight because he was broke. And we're talking about the number one contender being broke and he's going to take a fight instead of maybe making a decision to wait where there could be huge financial uh you know implications and that that to me is it was was said when he said that he's got to fight and uh I don't, I don't know i mean i think that was uh i was taken back by that you know, you the, know so there's a there's an element to that, Ray, but there's also, I think, an element to uh, momentum. And one thing that I think he can't afford to do is to sit on the shelf for too long if something does go down with um, uh, Whitaker and Adesanya to where there's not a, an immediate quick turnaround for the winner of that fight to fight Cannoneer. And that's something that I think, uh, you know, not everybody is sort of from that mindset, per se, that you want to, you know, go out there and, and stay relatively busy. But when you're going into a championship fight, I think you want to have probably been in the octagon within the last six months and not wait much longer than that. Oh, I agree with you. But again, you know what the problem is, TJ? These guys, a lot of guys don't look at it that way. You know what I mean? They look at it, they, they want that title shot because that's a big thing to have on their resume and they don't want to take the chances. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm, I'm more in line with Canada. Just give me a fight. This is what I love to do. I love to fight 
line them up. I'll prove to you that I'm the best, and I'll, I'll learn the shot the right way. So uh, I, I love that attitude, and that's more to my thinking. But I, from dealing with people, you could, you know, I, I just know if I listen to them talk, they're not even in the UFC yet. Sometimes, you know, they just they 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 hit a point where everything's so good they don't want to take a risk. Right. And they no. just want to make a big show with a big fight and right. You know, like again, what would what would eliminate that is if guys were making enough money where, you know, they could, you know, do either go either way. But when you're forced to fight, it's a little different, I think. Let's uh, let's switch gears and talk about the uh, other side of this main event. Kelvin Gastelum tonight, uh, unfortunately, didn't get a win for himself. But looking at uh, you know he, his performance, he was very game. I mean, I, I was sitting there watching this fight unfold, Ray, and I wasn't confident that I knew where the judges really were. And uh, I guess the the scorecards sort of reflect that forty eight forty seven across the board. While you know it's been a, a tough run as of late for Kelvin, uh, he, he he's still you know competitive with the best at 185 pounds, but for my money, Ray, I'm, I'm still sort of sit, sitting here questioning whether or not 185 pounds is the right place for Kelvin Gastelum. There were some moments tonight where there were some scrambles. Uh, you know, he had a nice duck under. He, he took the back. He didn't get his hooks in. But I was thinking, you know, Kelvin Gastelum is a good fighter, but he's not the most athletic fighter. When, when he's fighting guys like Jared Cannonier, he, he's not going to be the most explosive athlete in, in, in sort of you know, win in, in that category um, in the department there. But when I look at if he were at welterweight, he can mitigate that maybe being the lesser of the two athletes inside the octagon. And, and I just, I, I sit here and I look at these close fights, Ray, and I'm like, Kelvin Gastelum just might need to go back down to 170 pounds. Look, I think we spoke about this uh, Thursday night. Uh, I agree with you. I'd, I'd love to see this guy at 170 again and just get really, really disciplined with everything, it looks like he made a move back to Arizona. Uh, I thought we were going to see more wrestling out of him tonight. Uh, but, you know, uh, Cannonier did a great job with a uh, takedown defense. But uh, I would love to see this guy really get disciplined, drop that extra weight. And, I, you know, he, he's going to be a major problem at 170 if he goes down again. Uh, you can get at us tonight and actually give us a call. The phone lines are open, 917-UFC-TALK. That is 917-832-8255. Uh, if you're on social media, uh, get at me, at TJ DeSantis, at Ray Longo MMA. Use the hashtag uh, extra rounds. Let's uh, switch gears and look at our uh, co-main event tonight. We had a, a fun uh, lightweight scrap between Clay Guida and Mark Madsen. The uh, judges had their hands full here, and I think the judges are always going to have their hands full when Clay Guida is fighting because you have to sort of you know look at uh, effective movement and maybe ineffective movement. I don't think that was the case here tonight. I don't think we had any ineffective movement, but it was Madsen. Madsen that did uh, get his hand raised, uh, winning 29-28 on two of the judges' scorecards. But, uh, you know, credit to Clay Guida. He earned one of the uh, judges' scorecards. And the Guida corner, my goodness. I know we have limited fans inside the Apex, but it sounded like there were 20,000 strong, all pro Clay Guida when that uh, announcement was read. So uh, I'm curious, Ray, when you look at what we saw tonight, uh, what did you think of the decision turned in with the judges, you know, side? with uh, Mark Madsen as the uh, winner of this fight, uh, 29-28 on two of the judges' scorecards? Uh, uh, look, I think that fight could have won either. I thought, look, I thought Clay did a great job. Uh, it wasn't the most... I mean, there was a lot of movement with nothing happening, so I think, 
you know, I, almost like what Kelvin was doing. They're trying to steal the rounds with the movement and make like they're, you know, they're in there, but they're not really doing much. Uh, right. Guido definitely had trouble with the range of that fight. Uh, he 100% won that second round, though. I think some judge gave it 30-27 to Matson, which is totally insane. Uh, but I thought it was, uh, I, I thought, you know, I thought, Clay could have won that fight if he just pressed a little more. I think the other guy in the third round used his jab effectively, kept him at range, and, uh, you know, there was nothing much happening, I don't think. But you can't you can't leave those type of fights to the judges. That, those right. are close. You know? Yeah. Even Castellum and Cannonier, if Kelvin's mad about that decision, man, he could have pressed it a little more. I mean, you can't. Those are close fights. These are really close fights. And, uh, I mean, the only thing I'll say about the uh, Clay Guida thing is he 100% didn't lose that fight 30-27. So. No, I, I agree with you uh, on that. I thought it was 29-28 across the board, but one judge had a 29-28 for uh, Guida. I will go back and take a look at, at that. But uh, let's talk about Mark Madsen because uh, there was a lot of narrative into this fight based on you know sort of his personal life coming off his last win. Uh, he did suffer a broken jaw. His wife was recently diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, obviously there are, are fights for you know every athlete outside of the octagon uh, to contend with but for Mark Madsen um, you know the challenges have been been pretty steep um, and he goes out there and he performs and he said this was the biggest sort of comeback of his uh, you know athletic career which when you're talking about a, an Olympic silver medalist that is saying something um, I, I'm curious your uh, thoughts here on Madsen's performance tonight and sort of what it says about him right now moving forward. He's now 11-0 in his mixed martial arts run. Uh, a win over Clay Guida, you know, it wasn't the most dominant, decisive win, but it was a win nonetheless and a win over a very tough guy who doesn't go away. Yeah, look, the other thing is Madsen's still at a point in his career where an unorthodox guy like Clay Guida yeah. can give you problems. It's not a look you're going to see in the gym a lot. So... Uh, Look, for the adversity he's dealing with outside of the ring, I, I give the guy an A++++. That is no – that's not easy for anybody, man. We're human. I think even listening to the guy talk, you got to like him. I think he speaks from the heart. Uh, super close fight. You know, hopefully he'll grow from it. Uh, you know, he's getting up there in age, though. It looks like he called out – Gregor Gillespie, I'm assuming. He did, yeah. And I mean, I, I love that fight. We're talking about high, high-level wrestlers uh, you know, squaring off in a mixed martial arts fight. So generally that means it's going to be a pretty fun you know, kickboxing match. So I'm down. I think I think Gregor's wrestling is way better than this guy's. I mean, only because of the, the, sure. the style difference with the Roman. Uh, I think it. I think Gregor's style fits more for MMA. But, uh, yeah, look, based on, like, what he had to deal with, you know, look, this this shit is nothing compared to the news he's gotten and, you know, some of the things that have happened to him. So I'm, I am happy for the guy. Even I love Clay Guida, but that, that backstory is something you have to get behind and rally around. And uh, I'm glad, you know, if that win helped, ease any of the burden of what he's going through, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. You are right. Uh, Eric Colon had the fight 30-27 for Mark Madsen, which is crazy. Not- it, I mean, if you look at my uh, uh, post-fight graphic that I made here, like, I wrote it down wrong because I there's no way that I thought it was going to be 30-27. So, uh, I guess shame on me, but shame on Eric Colon. I mean, I hate to be that harsh about it, but, you know, Dominic Cruz is always saying that no one names the judges. Well, the judge tonight is named Eric Cologne. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, you couldn't. I mean, look, that was a close fight, but the round two was definitely all we the. Yeah, know, no, so. no, I and agree. Rounds were, I think the first round was really close. Yeah. I think that's the pivotal round. I think the third round, uh, that's why I say, was Guida's fight to win or lose, and he he was moving, but he wasn't really landing with anything except those leg kicks, and they they were... Yeah, it, it was. It look. It was a good fight. It was. It was a. I think it's a growing fight for Madsen and, you know, Guida at forty years old is. I'm happy for the guy. He's still in there swinging. He's entertaining. You know, and uh, I. I think it's a win-win all around. Believe it or not. I know you're right because we looked up the age of Clay Guida earlier this week. My my mind still refuses to think that that man always moving around the way that he does with a full head of hair is forty years old. I just I don't believe it. Yeah, no, you got like again. I'm uh, I'm happy happy for both guys. I, I don't want to even go into it too deep. I think they're both uh, they're both winners tonight for various reasons. Yeah, let's uh, take a look at uh, the post fight press conference going on right now uh, inside the Apex. Uh, Jared Cannonier uh, on the day. So let's see if we can listen in. Three, four months after that, I can't wait that long. So, um, who knows? We may end up taking a fight. Is Costa the only name that makes sense to you, or a contender? So, if they give me a name, you win, you get the shot, okay. Easy. I guess lastly for me, how soon would you like to get something booked? And like you said, you can't wait that long. When would you like to fight again? Um, uh, I would say the end of the year, beginning of, what is it, 2021, 2022? <laughs> so, um, yeah, three, four months from now, I'd like to get back in there. All right, uh, there's Jared Cannonier chatting uh, at the post-fight press conference. The name Paula Costa floated around. I know, I know Costa, I think, has a fight coming up. Um, but, I mean, that's a crazy dangerous fight. If you're Jared Cannonier, you're right, right? If you're Jared Cannonier and you're sitting on, on a title fight, why would you even contemplate fighting someone like Paula Costa? I'm not saying that you go out there and take a fight with someone outside the top 10 because that could be you know, terribly detrimental if something happens and you slip on a banana peel. But the, the last thing you ever really want to do is gamble with, you know, for all intents and purposes, maybe a guaranteed title fight. Yeah, and, and, a, and a light, I'm going to say life-changing money in a certain regard, right? I mean, you know... He wins that fight. He's on pay-per-view points. It's a it's a big deal. You automatically go up. Uh, yeah, it's tricky, man. You know, and and he has fought. You know, he has fought a lot of people. So I think he deserves the shot. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think that he's going to have to wait longer than he wants if the next fight's a title fight, though, because you've got Whitaker and, and Adesanya fighting. Um, he wants to fight before the end of the year. I mean, it's already August. You know what I mean? We're, we're probably not going to get a Whitaker and Adesanya fight and then a, a Cannoneer versus the winner before 2022, uh, which I almost screwed up the, the year there. Jared Cannonier's, uh timeline uh, get, getting to me. I still think it's 2020, Ray. I, well, yeah, that's when I stopped. So I'm, I'm with you. I, when he was asking, I, I, I couldn't have answered him. I don't know what year it is. Yeah. We lost the year. We did. We did. We and I mean, you know, m my dad lived into the 80s, e even though he passed away in 2010. He just never changed the years. Like, yeah, you know, 1980. It's like, no, that was that was 2010, man. I don't know what you're talking about, but, you know, 
Everybody lives in their own uh, sort of bubble these days. Um, we saw some heavyweights. Uh, this was a, a fun fight between Parker Porter and Chase Sherman. Um, you know, I thought we were going to get a finish. We didn't. Uh, Parker Porter just continuously uh, moved forward. Uh, Chase Sherman, though, he, he did land that low kick relatively uh, effectively, but it, it's hard to continue to answer shots when you're as gassed as Chase Sherman was. I mean, these heavyweights, you know, went for it, but uh, unfortunately, the, the latter five minutes of the fight, yeah, it, 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 there were some slowdowns there. So those are the fun fights to watch. You need a couple of those every every so often. But, man, does this guy got tree trunks for legs. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, I, you actually need an axe to chop down that calf kick with him. I don't yeah. even think the kick's doing anything. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see him pushing the pace. And uh, he, he's right. He had the better head movement. He made him miss a lot of punches for a big guy. that looked pretty cool. So, uh, fun fight. We go from the heavyweight division down to the uh, well, another well, actually, you know, I, I I'm I've been stressing about this all night, Ray, because I I don't know how to say said you said yoke above said yoke I just figure it out. Uh, Kakramanov, how about that? Anik is the best with name oh pronunciation. Oh my god! Uh, no, I mean, this guy's in Uzbekistan, takes his fight on four days' notice, and then uh, gets this guillotine almost in the first minute of the fight, but then Trevin Jones is able to survive, and then uh, Kakramanov able to uh, wrap it up in the, the dying moments, 439 of round number three. Uh, man, like, I, I, I love technical submissions. You know, Trevin Jones went out on a shield, uh, did not tap out, uh, but th that guillotine um, w was something else, and one that, again, almost got into the very early moments of the fight, but ended up uh, getting it with just 20 seconds left. Yeah, no, this kid, look, for four days' notice, I think this guy put a lot of people on blast. That's, that's a pretty pretty damn good win coming out of the gate on four days' notice, and he looks like he's he's willing to trade. He looks like his wrestling is good. He looks uh, That choke was deep as hell. Uh he looked. I thought he looked great tonight, man. I think he's 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 going to come up the ladder pretty quick. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, getting a, a sort of dramatic uh, submission like that uh, definitely says something. Uh, Vince Pichel, man, it's hard to believe that this guy has been you know in the UFC for as long as he has. Same thing with Michael Chiesa on the same season of the Ultimate Fighter. He, he gets a win over Austin Hubbard uh, tonight, uh, thirty twenty seven across the board for uh, Vince Pichel. Anything to take away from this one, Ray? No, it's that uh, get him apart like a Doc Holiday movie. I, I like, like that. What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I that's the only facial hair that I can really grow with consistency is a mustache, but it's just it looks really bad. I look like the guy on the damn Pringles can when it grows out. That's an ominous look this guy's got. But man, I'll tell you, a guy that's been around for a while, thirty-eight years old, he had a great performance tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of age, real quick, getting back to uh, Mark Madsen, 36 years old, Daniel Cormier talked about if he's going to have a run, that time is now. What are your thoughts on, on a, a fighter really sort of just getting to that uh, upper level at 36 years old? I know Randy Couture did it at 35. That was 20 years ago at this point. But your thoughts on Madsen, you know, just finally reaching the, the pinnacle of the sport, but at an advanced age. Yeah, no, I think, uh, first off, timing is everything, and Randy was around at the right time to do that, and, uh, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but, you know, there was no drug testing back then, and, you know, I'm pretty sure that helped him out a lot in those later years, but um, 
based on tonight's performance, man, you know, you know what the problem is with TJ too. Even if he wins a couple, or he's thirty-eight, it, they're not going to give him a shot because then you're going to have a champion who's forty years old. That I don't think that's what they're looking. To, they, they they can't build him. They can't. I don't think they could sell that. You know what I mean? So I think they're. I think it's almost like with Wonderboy. They're not going to give him a title shot because he's getting up there. And I think it just goes against the model in which uh, the UFC does business, which is to build those big fights with, like, younger guys. But I could be wrong, but I think that's what he's got. So he's got age working against. He's got time working against him, and I think he's got that working against him that, you know, it's just going to be a hard sell. I, I think your argument about marketing and opportunity um, is up for debate. But one thing that is not up for debate, Ray, is this is a young man's sport. It's always going to be a young man's sport. And, uh, you know, you know, some some fighters can get better and, and come into their prime in the latter part of their 30s. But it's it's very, very difficult. And and I don't know. I mean, Mark Madsen is a world-class athlete. But, you know, the, the fight, like you said, with, with Gregor Gillespie, I don't know what their wrestling clashes and styles looks like. Like we might see but, some really big holes in in either man's game, depending on who gets their their grappling game going. Yeah, the thing too is I think the callouts based a lot on I think Greg is thirty six or thirty seven at this right. point. Yeah, you know, so he feels like he's got a good matchup even there. He feels good, confident with his wrestling. Uh, but again, based on tonight against a forty year old guy, it, I think it's going to be hard for him to make a run. To be honest with you, but I hope he I hope he does. I hope he proves me wrong because he seems like a, a great guy. Yeah, I uh, I mean I'm I'm excited to see the the story unfold. I mean, there's a great narrative there with Mark Madsen, and uh, you know if he fights Gregor Gillespie, I think that would be a, a fun fight to say the least. Let's talk about uh, a fun fight that opened up our night um, oh. on the main card. Uh, Alexandre Pantoja uh, defeated Brandon Royval. Uh, submission rear naked choke goes the way of the Brazilian. Um, Royval was very very game. Uh, w- was threatening with a leg attack early in round number one. Uh, Pantoja came right at him though and met him in the center of the octagon. And these guys were just simply there to fight. Um, your thoughts on the way this unfolded? Because I gave the first round to Roy Vall, and then Pantoja came out and just answered in a, uh, a big way in the second round. Yeah, and I thought the way it went, I thought uh, Pantoja came out fantastic. But in the second round, but you gave Roy Vall the first round. Yeah, I, I'm not. I did I because he threatened. He had the back. He also had the leg attack. Uh, working, I, I thought he was making Pantoja respond more than uh, than yeah. yeah, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. And, and I think Pantoja, I thought was slowing down in the second round against a, a, a freaking whirlwind of energy. Sure, and on there, so yeah, that's a great win for for Pantoja. Great win, and the fact that he has two wins over uh, Brandon Moreno, I think, makes for a great you know, great storyline for the title, too. So I'm excited about that. But uh, Brandon Royval, he's not easy for anybody, man. At any given point in time, he could turn the tide. That was, that was a great fight. The, 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 the night opened up with some really great fights. Yeah, we'll get to the prelims here in just one quick second, but I do want to talk about um, whether or not Pantoja is ready for a title fight. Uh, he's ranked number three. The two contenders ahead of him are, are uh, Askar Askarov, 
uh, and uh, Davidson Figueroa, obviously Figueroa, former champion, um, the current champion, as you mentioned, Brandon Moreno, uh, a man that Pantoja has two wins over. One is a professional victory by decision. The other, uh, a rear naked choke stoppage on the Ultimate Fighter. So that one is a, an exhibition uh, win, but still a win nonetheless. Yeah. And, you know, the other contender that I mentioned, Askarov, that's uh, ahead of Pantoja, he uh, has a draw with Moreno and a win over Pantoja. So I don't know if he's next in line, Pantoja, that is, but uh, I don't care which way you go, whether it's Pantoja or Askarov. Fantastic yeah. fight uh, for the, the first title defense for, for Brandon Moreno. Well, you could have, you know, Pantoja fight for the title and let uh, Figueredo and uh, Askarov fight each other sure. as, as an eliminator, which both of those fights are great. And then the, the whoever wins, that those are great fights without even knowing who wins. It's just those four guys will always make for a really fun, a lot of fun fights, man, so... Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I like the flyweight division. A lot of people said, you know, what's going to happen to this flyweight division now that, you know, Triple C's gone and, you know, Demetrius Johnson's no longer with the promotion. Uh, flyweight's just fine. There's nothing you need to do with this division. Man, even tonight, man, that, that's nonstop action, man. You have to love that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I'm a firm believer, Ray, that these good fight cards really start with a tone that is set on the preliminaries. And we saw that tonight. The preliminary action was simply just that. It was action. Uh, if you didn't watch the show live tonight, you screwed up, but don't worry. You can go back and watch it on uh, ESPN Plus or UFC Fight Pass. And uh, when you do, you're going to find uh, that there was, like I said, a, a lot of action worth tuning in for. Let's uh, let's start with uh, sort of what we started the show with, which was a, a phenomenal uh, wheel kick by Ignacio Bahamontes, which is hard to say. I, I need to like take lessons with Anna. Can you can you give me a discount with the uh, you know name lessons with John Anik? That guy is spot on, man. My goodness. Uh, let's talk about this uh, this wheel kick. Finishing moments. Just seven seconds left on the clock. And uh, Roberts is unconscious. Out cold. Wheel kick uh, w was set up, I think, for the, the whole way through, Ray. W we saw a, a variety of uh, kicks thrown uh, out there by Ignacio. Uh, he was even throwing some spinning back kicks to the legs of Roberts, which is, I think, why that sort of caught him unexpected when he went high, because he was going to the legs with it, which I very rarely see, and he was going to the midsection with it, uh, and he'd attack the, the midsection with multiple uh, strikes, but you know, in the, the final moments, like you said, I don't have official word yet. Uh, actually, I do have official word. Um, let's see here. Yet yeah, no, no surprise here. Uh, Ignacio uh, Bahamanch uh, able to get fifty thousand dollars for that kick. So, like you said, uh, low percentage kick, but uh, high rewards if uh, it lands and you get that uh, that bonus. And again, coming at a time when you think the fight's over, right? You look right. up at the you see fifteen seconds. That ah, a guy's not going to do anything. The element of surprise is huge with that, and. Uh, yeah, I'm happy you got the money, man. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and like I said, if you uh, tuned in, it wasn't just that fight that had uh, a, a lot of fun action uh, in it either. Uh, all the prelims were, were really uh, delivering. All the athletes tonight really came uh, for it, uh, such as uh, William Knight as well. Let's take a look at the Nightmare. This is a odd, quick, short little left hook that, I mean, if you blink, you miss it. I'm going to say I'm not even going to call that a hook. I'm going to call it a ridge hand from karate. I mean, that arm is extent. He could have tore his – I mean, I, this is where I see injuries. When you throw a hook like that, your bicep tendon rips off your arm, although it looks like it's going to take a lot. Yeah, to rip I, 
You're going to need a semi-truck to rip that tendon. That arm was straight, and he kind of hit with the inside of his hand, so he's got to... He's got to have some power. Right. And, you know, if that weren't impressive enough, like, look at the gymnastic skills here on display because, my God, like, who who can move like this, Ray? Yeah. No, this guy's unbelievable. Like, what a, flyweights are supposed to move that way. Yeah, look at me. This guy is... Ridiculous. I mean, where, where's USADA when you need him? Look at the size of this guy. I think they're there, Ray. I think they're there. But... I think he's good, this guy. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, to be able to do that, the athleticism on display, just with the celebration, but also the power in, like you said, a, a ridge hand more than anything. It was a very short little movement. Now, is that something that you sort of um, credit maybe the, the unexpected shot landing? 100%. 100%. Because it's just, it. look, PJ, there's shots that just aren't. And sometimes you see a guy get kicked. Like with like a roundhouse kick to the head, and he's still looking at you. You know what I mean? And then something like that happens. So when you could see a punch or a kick coming, it trust me, it ta- it takes a lot off of that. Your brain has time to register whatever it needs to register to brace yourself. But when you don't see it coming, sometimes you just get hit on the butt, and that's it. And that's that's what happened to him. So I think the element of surprise because just really didn't look like a hard punch. So right. Um, some other action that uh, maybe didn't have as uh, you know uh, uh, an action conclusion, but still something to pay attention to. Brian Kelleher uh, dominates and then calls out the Sugar Show. Sean O'Malley. Um, let's talk about you know someone representing Longo Island. After yeah. all, uh, Brian Boom Kelleher gets his hand raised and then calls out Sean O'Malley. Um, you know, I, I like the call out. You, you can't get what you don't ask for. Um, your thoughts on Kelleher's performance tonight and then the subsequent call out. No, he had a dominant performance. He did what he had to do. He took the fight. You know, he dictated where that fight was. Uh, you know, he wasn't really passing and doing much damage, but definitely from a control standpoint, he did great. And uh, it's a good one for him. Yeah, I, I, I like the, the performance turned in, and I like the call-out as well. Um, you know, sure. I, you know, Sean O'Malley's been rubbing some people the wrong way. Others, you know, like what he's sort of been doing in, in the media and talking the way that he has. Um, I'm curious, Ray, do you feel like this is something that is actually in the wheelhouse for Keller? Could, could he get this fight in the relative near future? I think he 100% could get that fight. That might I, I could see them making that fight, too. It's a difficult fight, um, you know, so I, I, I don't know if O'Malley necessarily wants it, but it'd be one that I'd be tuned in to watch. No, it's a tricky thing because, you know, normally when you get like personalities like O'Malley and Conor McGregor, uh, it's, it's something goes, uh, they, they got to be squared away. This kid's squared away, man. He can box. His head movement is, fa- I mean, not his head movement, but his fakes and the way he can keep that range. He's definitely a sharpshooter. I think... Uh, you know, people are underestimating him a little bit. And, uh, you know, Kelleher would have to do exactly what he did tonight, which I'm not sure he could do against a guy like that. But he he, he would definitely have trouble with that guy on the outside. There's no question about it. Well, I'd like to see it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Brian Kelleher, though, uh, you know, earning that microphone time and then uh, definitely making it worth his while uh, when, I, it, when he was chatting with D.C. Island, but I, I, and I, I, I admire his call out because that's not an easy fight. 
No, no, but uh, it'd be a, a huge fight for him, something that might, you know, make it way to a, a co-main event on a fight night or, you know, a main card of a pay-per-view, and that, that'd be fun to see. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think that's a, that fight could happen. Ray Longo, you're off the hook. Thanks for staying up late. Wow, that's it. That's it. But, that's, that's short and sweet, right? Dude, I see that pillow. It's in my future. There you go. There you go. Uh, maybe we'll talk to you next week. I don't know if it's too late or too early for you. I don't, at this point, I think I owe you uh, multiple weeks off if you want to. I don't believe it. And you screwed me with Pearl. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. Pearl to get me on the show, and then Pearl's not here. I think I'm going on at 10. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, TJ. Hey, to, to be fair, Pearl was scheduled, and then she's moving, and apparently we had a conflict. So, sorry. What state she's in? Yeah, well, I mean, she's always in her own sort of state, but I think she's still in New York right now. So maybe you guys so, can go get a slice of pizza before she moves. <laughs> yeah, I should take a. Oh, she's in a good spot in Brooklyn, so I'm sure she's gotten good pizza. But uh, oh, so that no wonder. So it's it's Pearl's sleeping right now. Probably, yeah. Unbelievable. All right, listen, TJ, you're the best man. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, Ray. Appreciate the time, sir. He's Ray Longo. You can catch him uh, every Monday on the Anakin Florian podcast as well as Extra Rounds with myself and uh, Pearl Gonzalez when she's here, Dean Thomas as well. Uh, We are not going to be here midweek next week, but uh, one week from tonight, we're going to crown a new Ultimate Fighter. So we'll be here live immediately after that broadcast. Uh, You can tune in and uh, chat with us. In the meantime, if you want to say something... Give us a call, 917-UFC-TALK. You can leave a voicemail. You can also send a text anytime. Uh, also on social media, at TJ DeSantis, at Ray Longo MMA, at UFC Fight Pass. Uh, use the hashtag Extra Rounds. I want to thank Ray Longo for doing the show tonight. I want to thank you for watching. If you uh, prefer an audio version of this podcast or television show, I don't know what the hell it is, uh, you can get the audio anywhere you do get podcasts, uh, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Spreaker, etc. cetera. Uh, you can also get the archive of all 84 episodes of Extra Rounds on UFC Fight Pass or on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UFC Fight Pass. For Ray, I'm TJ. Appreciate you staying up late and going a few extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. So long. Rounds from UFC Fight Pass is a TJ DeSantis production. Its content is intended for private use only. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.